I'm from the Bay, yo. I'm more Bay than any other Bay nigga out there. I dare to come tell me, tell me anything different, you heard? We're gonna teach you something real special. Real special today. This is two coins. Two coins. Two coins. My boy Wally. Wally. Then Ronnie. Then Ronnie. Wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy Ronnie. And I'm your brother Wally, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Peanut Butter Screwball. That was my first time having it, so good looks for you. Nah, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We joined. Very special podcast, first remote podcast. We joined by the host of the one and only. You got a story. He got a story. He here with us today. OT, how you doing, my guy? Here. And then you know a regular. Y'all see this face before. My bad. No, what'd you say? I was saying, how you doing as well, my G? Showing the love, sharing it back. Hey man, we out here. We living. We breathing. You know what I mean? And then, if y'all can see, we got Nick out here, too. A little regular on the pod. But, um, yeah, man. Fucking, you got a story, my guy. How, how, how's life as a podcaster, bro? Been doing this for some for some years now. Our fellow brother in podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> word, word. Now, it's been a little second. It's been cool, though. You know, it's, it's cool to hear the, the progression of it. You know, to have a start to now and. And especially with the pandemic, to have that kind of experience as well, to have to figure out how to keep it moving, how the show must go on. So, nah, it's been a cool little experience. How long have you uh, been re- recording the podcast that you got going on now? Uh, I think since 2019, 2019-18, I believe is what it says on iTunes. So, I've been, but I've been trying to like, it took me months even before to even get my first episode out you know especially since ronnie was the one i think helped me my first episode too like appreciate you for that my guy like having to like record and fail over and over again and 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 shout out to tev because he was the first person i had on and um and it was just it was a lot you know to figure out and uh but you know that that's when i started back in 2019 that shit crazy yeah, bro. So that's kind of like around the same time frame as us, right? Yeah, more because we we started with summer of twenty eighteen. Yeah. I mean, regardless though, bro. Like what you had just said, that trying and failing. I feel you on that, bro. Because it's like with your podcast, with our podcast, the people that have been around since the beginning have seen the changes in it, have seen the growth, both quality, logo, way you presenting it, and then even as a podcaster, we were talking about this off camera the other day, like. Just public speaking, talking to people, I feel like doing a podcast has helped with shit like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And Nick, Nick can attest to it too. Like when we first started out recording on the phone, <laughs> just like in the backyard of Surgis <laughs> basement, like to where we are now. I mean, it's not like we're still like going. Like, yeah, there's still yeah, more yeah. to do, but like it's just kind of dope to see like the progression and like how shit can, can just kind of unfold organically. Hey, bro, what would you say is 100%. like? What would you say is like the big? the biggest lesson or your biggest takeaway from doing podcasting all this time? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that me personally, I need an outlet. Like, and it was, it's like, it's like finally got that part of yourself that you had, didn't have time for because you're always busy doing something else. And you're all like, I'll just get to it later. And eventually later, later just never comes. And I got, I used to have my alone time. I used to have my, my, my interactions with people uh, where I could just get my thoughts out and then, and then it would just be that and I can communicate and it was, and it was helping me grow. And I just lost that with 
thinking about me and going toward the the the, the grind of life, like trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next, like not having a, a, any time to sit down and really think think about anything other than the next day, the next the next moment, the next future idea, like what am I gonna accomplish? And then to sit down and just talk it all out and realize, oh, there's a time for this, or 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 maybe I'm better at communicating if I if I listen more and don't try to rush them through the conversation because I know it's hard for them to speak and I'm better at listening and. And all right, so if I'm better at listening, how do I control my talking so it helps the conversation on my behalf so I gain something from this as well? And so all of that is just learning from podcasting. And, and, and as a whole, that's kind of what I got from it. Bro, I feel you 100% because we've had conversations about this like off air. Yeah. But like for sure, the biggest thing for me, the biggest benefit has been like how it's improved my communication skills, even like outside of podcasting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this has been like a boost to like the way I communicate and the way I like talk to people and like, you know, just, just the way I have conversations just in general. Like yeah. it's helped me at work, it's helped me in my personal life. And I didn't see that coming. I, I just thought it was just gonna be like an outlet for me just to- Bullshit around. Bullshit around yeah. and just, you know, spit out my tweets on a megaphone. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah. basically what I started doing. But. Just to see how it's kind of helped me as a person is very dope because it was unexpected. Nah, fag. I mean, and also kind of like what you had just said about the whole learning how to not interrupt people. I feel like that's something once you do podcast and you actually, you're dealing with that all the time, talking to somebody on a podcast versus, oh, you just breeze past them at work or you know what I mean? You can't just cut people off on a podcast because now it's like right. it's live, like everybody's hearing it. If you look back at like our old episodes, bro, I used to do that shit all the time. And I have to go back and like correct that, you know? I still fall victim to like I still do it like yeah, every yeah. so often, but I'm kinda like aware of it now. So you know, I feel that Yeah, I got a question for I got a question for YouTube podcasters. You guys been doing it like you said, what, two, three years now? Have you had like what would you say is your favorite moment you've done? Like podcasting so far. Has there been like one moment that you always look back on like that was a really cool moment? What, do you have a favorite moment since the last few years you guys have been doing this? I feel like me and Ronnie's answers are going to be Me first of you. Go ahead, OT. You yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I got it. You already started. Go for it. For sure. I was going to say, I feel like me and Ronnie's uh, answers are going to be different. But for me personally, and like Nick, you're, you're in here too. It's like when we did the whole reunion podcast with Nick P at uh, my place in Monterey. Yeah. Because I'm like, that was like what, two, three years after we had like all moved out and like graduated and moved on from San Jose State. Yeah. So just to have all, all the homies back there at like my crib, like, and that, that was dope. That was a pretty good episode that we got out too. So that was definitely like the most fun experience for me. I mean, you go ahead, OT. I'm still kind of, I got to ponder on this. <laughs> ponder on this for a second. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, I guess for me, like, it's, it's, I can't think of like one moment that was like, damn, like it was just highlights for me. And um, one of the highlights is when I had all the homies on uh, one episode where it was uh, me, Cove, uh, who, who else, Steve, and then we had Jamar, and then we had uh, Michelle, and like having to organize it and use the mics and bring all the equipment and set it all up and, and, and host it. And like think about all these like promotional promotional ideas and have the conversation and it go the way it went. It was like, you know, had some hiccups and I want to I want to like do better with more people, of course. But it was like, yo, I that was a highlight. I, I you know, I started with two people, then it was five people. Oh shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Shout out to all the Walnut Creek homies, by the way. Yes, sir. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to the fam. 
Right. But uh, man, I would say honestly, for me, it might it might just be the whole transition of how we recorded through the uh, through these past couple years. Like like you said earlier, bro. Like we start off at just recording off an iPhone in the backyard, sitting just bullshitting. You know what I mean? Then from there to uh, finally got a couple mics, but now we're over here traveling, recording up at the, uh, the MLK Library, and then mobbing to different people's spot. You know what I mean? So I think it's just the whole experience of it. Um, for us, it was grown. a whole like trial and error. We had to try Everything was trial and error, bro. Like yeah. that's the crazy. Even like the video thing, bro. Like I was going back on uh on, on our YouTube page, and I hella forgot we tried doing the video podcast. Like what was it, the summer of twenty nineteen? Yeah. And even then, it was just like I don't know. I mean, shit. Editing skills was just way whack. We were over here recording two hour podcasts, and that was the other thing we had to learn. It's like, bro, nobody wants to sit here and listen to. Two people talk for fucking two hours, like you know what yeah, I mean. It's just you have to try a bunch of different shit and fail at a bunch of different shit to figure out what really sticks, what really works. Exactly. So like, I don't know. For me recently, I feel like, and the moment that I point to like specifically when we had the reunion podcast, yeah, that was when it kind of like hit me like, oh shit, like we're kind of going somewhere. Like we're, we're getting a little more consistent with this. You know yeah. what I mean? And we've done a bunch of different shit that didn't work, and I think we finally found something that works. So. That moment sticks out to me in particular. That reunion one, yeah. you know, I feel that. But hey, man, this is your first time coming on here. You know what yeah. I mean? You got a whole podcast called You Got a Story. And, you know, being your first time on yeah. here, give our listeners a little background on who OT is, what OT been up to, where OT's been at. You know what I mean? And to add to that, just uh, a little background on what your podcast is about and what uh, what topics you discuss on there, too. All right, for sure. Um, I'll start with the podcast. I like what's it, what, what is it, what it is about. Uh, it's really about the stories of the people that I've encountered, people I've known, my own story, uh, whatever like whatever lesson we get from that, or just uh, reflection or uh, epiphanies, and 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 I just throw it out there, and it's it's for the it's for the listeners to decipher from. Uh, I it started off as just me wanting to do a podcast, because I couldn't couldn't like stand watching all these podcasts that I'm watching and not do my own like it felt like I was like I don't know it felt like I was I was screaming and calling out for something but like I wasn't understanding what why I felt like the way that I did so when I figured out all of that and I started the podcast it just became that and it became a way for me to to connect with people you know and to really have that one-on-one that uh that I, I missed because you know when you graduate from college it's it's, it's you know the the caring about somebody else's life and figuring out like going to bars and shit and you're like that's a lot like you ever get a nine to five that shit is exhausting like all i want to do is go home (laughs) like watch tv or play a video game put music on put a podcast you know what i'm saying so that's what that is so it's, it's just me gaining that knowledge gaining wisdom gaining experience and me always feeling like when I would have conversations with people, I would feel like, fuck, why am I the only one benefiting from this? Like, you no, know, I know mad cousins that would love to hear this and that would actually use this for, them, for their lives in the future. So it came from that and I just sparked it. I just said, fuck it, I'm gonna just do this, make a podcast about podcasts because I'm watching Joe Budden and him and Parks are having a one-on-one and I actually got the term meta from Parks because Parks was like, yeah, it'd be dope to have a podcast that talks about podcasts, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, shit, I can do that. Like. That's all I do is watch y'all motherfuckers pod anyway. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. So 
So that's where it starts, you know. Uh, and it's right. It's really right around the time Nipsey gets, you know, murdered, and because that bothers me. And I'm like, I remember watching him talk to Charlamagne the God on Breakfast Club, and he's like, he's telling everybody what my mom told me in sixth grade about buying the block up, about starting your own business, about like owning real estate. Oh, like you know what I'm saying? So it's all this game. And on top of that, he I get to live vicariously through him because I didn't. I grew up in the Bay. We don't really. But when it came to game coaching, we wasn't doing red and blue. So I didn't like, we didn't find that to be, be an attraction. We, they cared about the street signs like 82nd Street in Oakland or whatever those streets numbers is. But other than that, we wasn't, that wasn't our game. So to see him talk about it and get and, and share the lessons that he got from that and like, yeah, you make a million plus dollars, but then you lose it. And, you lose it because you had the barrier and the mold got to it. And like putting y'all onto that, like how, how shitty that is and how he could have had that in the stocks so or he could have had that in the bank. He could have had that somewhere else and make bank off that. And y'all not, y'all don't even have to do that. Y'all can just look at him, listen to him, and and go forward from his own mistakes and his own lessons. And I was, and so when he got hit, that fucked with me. I was like, nah, bro. I gotta, I gotta keep sending the message out. I gotta keep letting him know he's right about this. I know this is an unfortunate situation, but you got, y'all gotta keep going, bro. Because if y'all stop and let the loss of the tremendous loss of this take heed and take root, bro, we'll never get out, bro. We'll always think we gotta stay where we at, and that's bullshit. So. Now to continue on, my fault. <laughs> to continue on with the uh, who I am, to who I am, uh, you know, like you know, I'm OT. I'm from the Bay, like, uh, and when I say that, people like, you know, they always want to say what city, what like, Warner Creek, Oakland, Pittsburgh, at Fairfield. But yo, I've been in all those places. I've learned from all those kids. I'm from the Bay, yo. I'm more Bay than any other Bay nigga out there. I dare to come tell me, tell me anything different. You heard? And. <laughs> the the beauty of me too is I also got ties in other places of the, of the country, you know what I'm saying, of this country, of the US, like North Carolina. I got people up in the New York, I got people in Florida. So I got uh I knew I know a little bit of people in Texas, but I don't know if they're still out there because Texas did the bullshit. But other than that, I'm a I'm an overall just type of nigga, bro. Like I just got so much to say, bro. Yeah, stop me, otherwise I just keep going, bro. I I, I don't ever want to shut up. It's good, bro. One thing, uh, one thing I want to I want to uh, ask you about. I know, like obviously, I've, I've heard your podcast. Um, you know, what I mean, you actually get in depth with a lot of, you know, what I mean, just different family stories, this and that. The one thing, knowing, uh, knowing you, I remember you was out in New York for a minute, and being out on the East Coast, fucking Waleed, he spent he spent some time out in Harlem in his early days. So one thing I wanted to ask, like, what's the, uh, hey. what's the difference as far as because y'all y'all experience it at two different stages in life, but just like culturally, socially, East Coast, West Coast culture. I'll let you go first, OT. Truthfully, yo, and the West Coast, they're not like they might they might they might come at me later in life for this, but to me, it always felt more honest and more realer in the East Coast. Yeah, it always felt like. You know what I mean? Like it's it's literally too cold to bullshit, bro. <laughs> Man, yeah, yo, what you want? What you mean? Like otherwise, yo, come on, hurry up, bro. It's cold. The winter is coming, son. The winter is coming. The White Walkers on their way, bro. Come on, hurry the fuck up. You gotta, you gotta respect that, yo. Everybody's always in a rush. You gotta respect that. Yeah. Man, why you think that is though? Like, and I mean, people, I get you on and the it's cold, cold, but like, why you think people are always? Why? moving like that because la and new york as far as population and amount of people and you know what i mean lifestyle is two bustling cities but the vibe is different yeah that's like 
Well, truth, bro, cold bring you together. Like if like if we you out there and it's snowing, you still want to hang out with motherfuckers. So y'all y'all when y'all know a place like that 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 is open and big enough for y'all to chill and smoke and drink and hang out, play some music and then go back go home about your day. And you don't want to fuck that up because then it's like which gonna go where you gonna go next uh next week. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like oh it's too much love out there, uh and it's too cold out there not to not to cuddle up uh, not to you know bundle up and hang out with the people, bro. It's easy to be on your own out here in LA, bro. Who the fuck I gotta I gotta bump into? Nobody, yo. It's too hot. Get away from me. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, just to add on to that, bro. I'd say, yeah, like like he said, the honesty and like the straightforwardness just in general on the East Coast is different than like the day-to-day you see here on the West Coast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like people are just more to the point, high by, no small talk. And like I feel like a lot of people here just wouldn't like that or wouldn't be like accustomed to that fast-paced style of like communication, fast-paced style of life. Um, so I don't know, I think it just breeds more authenticity. Okay. To be honest. Uh, it's almost like new, like the East Coast and the West Coast. And I'm speaking on a perspective of somebody who grew up there like as a child. Like I moved from there when I was 10. So I can like, my perspective is limited. I can only say so much, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But just based on what I've seen at school over there versus at school over here, and like the interactions that I've had with different kids and things like that, yeah, for sure. I'd say it's definitely more fast-paced. Okay. Um, and it's almost like living in two different, like, countries down here, bro. Like, Damn, like that? Yeah, like, everything is different on the East Coast, I'd say. And, so, yo, yeah. to add on to his, to, to your point, Waleed, bro, uh, another thing that people don't think about, the East Coast is super close to the South. And that's where everything, like, that's where people are coming from that live in New York. It's from the South. So you got people from North Carolina that's Southern love, bro. My mom's from North Carolina. That's Southern love. Like people out there really got love for you. They assholes sometimes. You know, everybody can be, but <laughs> it's genuine love out there. They really want to take care of you out there. And they move out there and 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 to New York and to, to Philadelphia, Chicago, and they bring that love with them. And it's and you see it spreads. The problem with Cali, I think, is that's a long ass trip, bro. And fuck up your perspective by the time you get to Cali. By the time from all the way up, all the way up from the East Coast, that's what I'd be thinking. Like, damn, it's like that long ass trip. They all separated. Nobody really staying close together. Like, I love my people in the West, but like, I got family out here as well. Shout out to the Pattersons out in in the Bay Area, and you know, some of them was even in the Black, Black Panthers. But it's like, we lost something, fam. And I don't know how to get that back after that crack shit. We lost something, bro. And nobody want to talk about it, but you know, we we don't got to talk about. It. We can move forward. I'm just saying. No, it's just not as, it's not as like tight knit, and this is not like a whole anti West Coast <laughs> like rant, but like yeah, there's definitely like there's not as much of a tight knit like family structure out here as there's on the East Coast. That was about South, I'd say, because like to add to his point, like you got to think about it, right? Like, the drive from the Bay to LA, yeah, like the same distance over there on the East Coast that would span multiple states, multiple different cultures, multiple like ways yeah. of life, you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, even in Cali, right? We have like two fucking different cultures when you're talking like north and south and then you go to like like you have the bay and then you have la and like they share some of those cultural you know sameties but then you get to like those fucking dead zones right like when you're driving down from the bay to la and you get to like those racist fucking redneck dead zones and shit and like california is weird bro it's such a big state like you're thinking like new york right compared to like how long and how big california is it's a weird melting pot of like you have these super cultural cities like you know, you have SF, you have Oakland, you have LA, and then all of a sudden you have like these super, super conservative, weird spots in California too. So that's like, California is different like that. Where New York, that culture is kind of, I mean, New York probably has its spots, you know, around there where right. 
just every every place is gonna have that spot but like i feel like new york's culture is more bonded and they're more together on that culture where west coast obviously we have a culture but there's also some weird mixings of there and it's like yeah it's kind of interesting when you think about the west coast like that it's more of a melting pot i'd say than the east coast yeah. is Hey, kind of going back to what you had brought up uh, just a second ago, T. You think you think crack fucked up the West Coast way harder than it did the East? I can't say. I don't like because I got I got uncles on both sides of the, of the family on my moms and fathers who who have dabbled in that stuff. Um, I just think the city life, bro. Like especially like the West Coast city, like Oakland, Richmond, San Francisco. Like that's it's a harsher life, bro. And that shit spreads, and you know, hurt people, hurt people, and it's it's uh, it gets it get grimy out there, bro. It, it gets grimy. I mean, it's grimy. Other you know, like, don't get me wrong. Harlem is, you know, no, it's it's New York, Queens, Brooklyn. You know, I'm not. It's like I I know all that shit. Like, uh, you go to Rougemont, North Carolina. Like, there's 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 hard places everywhere. But I think after crack, bro, we like, I don't know. The Panthers they took a hit. Like that whole like we had pride being from them and being from that 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 culture that that come up, but. Like, I could just see it, though. Like, the uncles, aunties, like, there was no real recovery. Nobody really could do nothing to help nobody. Nobody had the money to help nobody. Nobody had the space in their house to let them stay there or nothing. Like, they just was on their own recovering from that life. And then when when you go into the future of now where even the eight, like, the, the kids that was affected by that trauma from having to deal with those family members and then having to go to grow up and, and some of them are, like, eight, like, what 1990 baby or i'm a 90 kid but like 80 babies 80s babies who who don't really have a drive to 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 figure it out like they listen to these these like retirement plan people and potential pension plans and they look at us like oh fuck we fucked up and it's like we don't know how to help y'all because y'all didn't really teach us nothing either continual cycle ronald reagan era man like it's crazy when i talk to like my family who's obviously white and stuff and like i think it's just super interesting how that shit gets so overlooked in terms of like the impact it had on a whole group of people. And like, I mean, it is what it is, right? The war on drugs was just a target against fucking minorities, more specifically black people. And like how a lot of the white population doesn't understand like the destitute that that does to a entire group of people. And like how, like you're saying, like just fucks up so much of like progression and advancement and like all that. It's just the Ronald Reagan era, man. I mean, Kendrick talks about it a bunch. It's fucking huge eighties babies. I mean, it's, it's insane how bad that shit was and how fucking, you know, deliberate it was fucking sent out. Like, it was completely deliberate in every sense of the word. And then you had, what, was Nixon after Ronald Reagan? I don't. I think I want Re- to Reagan yes, was after enough. Nixon. Okay. So Nixon, Nixon, Nixon. He was after Nixon? Yeah, oh, Nixon okay. controlled, like, the 60s, like, like uh, the later half of the 60s and 70s, and then Reagan was all the 80s. So all the fucked up shit that happened in the eighties was Reagan. You know what I mean? And that's why it's it's hard to think like yeah, it wasn't like deliberate. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. To answer your original question, bro, I don't think I think it hit New York like the like the hardest just from like an outsider looking in type of perspective. Okay. Just because like New York has a culture of like projects, right? Like project lifestyle. Yeah. It's more like um, you know the amount of people you interact with in your neighborhood on a day-to-day basis in New York is probably more frequent than it would be here on, on, on the on the West Coast. And just speaking just from personal experience and from just what I've seen, I've seen a lot more, uh, you know, visible 
damage on the East Coast that crack has done, like from the 80s, yeah, yeah. versus you know, visible damage on the West Coast. Maybe they cleaned it up since then or whatever. Like obviously there's still a lot of homeless people and stuff on the on the on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. But what I've noticed is on the East Coast, the majority of the homeless population on the East Coast is black. Without question. You know what I mean? So I think it's 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 hit just from what I've seen, it's hit that area harder. In certain, okay. Just like, because I was in Harlem and I was in Newark, New Jersey. So, you know, those are two areas that were affected by the 80s yeah, yeah. crack epidemic, right? So, like, by the early 2000s, you could kind of see the, the, the effects that it had. Damn, yeah. You know, but I just, what you're saying. I, like, I, I want to piggyback and just go off of that point to segue into a different topic. Um, Ronnie drafted it up, but, like, you know, you talk about the, the Ronald Reagan era, two people that you know, grew up in that era and that are like significant figures now are Jay-Z and 50 Cent, right? Yeah. yeah. They both grew up selling crack. Mm -hmm. You could make a case that one of them is more successful entrepreneurially than the other. And it both, and it, both of them, it started that like because of selling drugs. Yeah, yeah. So I want to bring up this debate point, like who would you say is the greatest or the best entrepreneur, not rapper or like mogul, but the best strictly entrepreneur, uh, Jay-Z or 50 Cent? Shoot, we'll let y'all go first. Uh, you, you can go, Ot. <laughs> it's it sounds like it sounds like you're asking who's the the better uh, the better person who knew how to hustle uh want or maybe I'm trying to think like is music can music be considered addiction too? I'd say that the question just would be who's the mo who's the more successful entrepreneur in your opinion. But that's actually a good point. What do you mean by yeah? But that's what entrepreneurs are selling, right? Yeah. Okay. Hey, so what, what do you mean like, by music aren't as an addiction? Aren't they trying to sell some type of addiction? Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm no, 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 no. I was just asking. Uh, what, what do you mean by music as an addiction? Like, like a product that just, just like you're saying, like they started off hustling, you know, crack and cocaine, blah blah. blah. He's like making a parallel to it, which I, I see that, yeah. Yeah. So it's that's a hard question because now, because I'm gonna have fun with it in my mind because I'm like, all right. When you went with tactical, the entrepreneurial part, yeah, like they're both more, uh, how do you say, moguls? Yeah, they're both moguls, both dope. But like, who's better? The person that stayed in and in, in a um, in one kind of lane, or someone who kept diversifying, or someone that stayed in their pocket, right? So like Jay Z, he's great at music. He can do music whenever he wants. He's proven that he can even now put people on. So that's you know that's another level type shit, like Jay Cole's and shit. So all right, cool. That's that's top tier entrepreneurship. You can teach the next generation, and and he's in like wine and stuff like that. But Fifty, he's staying in entertainment. Like, sure, he's got divvied off from music, but he's still in movies, right? So like, he he didn't really go out out and and diversify to anything else. He's still staying in his realm and in his pocket and making money and doing his thing. But it's like I like to see like, but okay. And with Fifty, has he talked to young generation? Is he just that old grandpa that's just fucking with everybody and just taking all the rewards for himself, right? Because who has he really helped beyond the game? But even him in the game, not cool after that. So like, that, that's an cool aspect with? I didn't even I didn't even think about. Like, yeah, Jay Z put on a lot of people. Jay Z Jay Z is like an enlightening figure to like the new generation. Like they look at him for inspiration. Whereas like Fifty, yes, we all recognize that he's a successful entrepreneur. But nobody really looks at him for inspiration. Like, hey, so here, here's where I would step in. When it, like, as far as putting people on, like, I get you as far as the music shit. Jay has done a lot more. And like you said, Jay Cole, and then you can even put Rihanna, bro. Like, those are two top tier goats that all came under Jay. But now when you look at. Word. 
I, I, obviously, 50 and Jay, we're, we're comparing goats at this point. The thing, the reason why I would put 50 just a little bit higher in, in, in the terms of being entrepreneurship or being an entrepreneur, being a, like just a better top tier mogul, they both got their wines, they both got their own liquor, they all, you know what I mean? But when it comes to marketing and really pushing a product, nobody does it better than 50. And I'm gonna use stars as an example, bro. Six years ago, this man came out with Power, the original series, drop season one. And here we are six years later where he has four spinoffs off of one TV show. On top of that, he started the whole BMF documentary, uh, the whole BMF miniseries. So you got to think about the actors that he's put on now. Like Joseph Sikora, he's forever Tommy in everybody's eyes. You know what I mean? He can go be in a different movie and people are going to be like, yo, did you see that movie Tommy was in? Tommy's a fictional fucking character, but Joseph Sikora is forever Tommy. Then you look at somebody like Lil Meech, you know what I mean? 50 directed the entire, uh, well, executive produced the entire BMF uh, TV show and put on Lil Meech, like literally flew Lil Meech out to acting classes and really pushed him so that we could have that playing his father and really like portraying something in its, in its true essence or whatnot, you know what I mean? And then you look at how he's released all these projects, bro. One season of one show is done. Next week, the next season of the other show is starting. You know what I mean? I'd say, I'd definitely say um, Jay-Z is probably the more savvy entrepreneur. Just because, you know, yeah. you think, I mean, not Jay-Z, 50, sorry. 50 is the more, more savvy entrepreneur. Only because, like, he stepped out into that other space, the TV space, and it's just kind of dominating it right now. Especially, like, for, like, um, people in, like, hip-hop culture yeah. and, like, black culture. Like, he's really dominating that space and showing people how to do it. Whereas Jay-Z, everything he's... Um, you know, benefited from from an entrepreneurial perspective has all been kind of like a spinoff of music, like the streaming service. Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, I don't know what else he's done, really, honestly. I mean, bro, they, they probably uh, both got backdoor deals that none of us fucking know. I think it depends on like what kind of like view you have on it, right? Because like what you guys are saying about 50 is totally right. Like in the entertainment business and like how he shifted that, he he's way a part of that culture and he's very, he's out there, right? His brand's out there. He knows what he's doing. Like he's a super, super successful entrepreneur. Jay-Z is like a different type where like Jay-Z, I think if you're talking about like wealth, like accumulation, right? I mean, Jay-Z obviously at the end of the day is higher net worth and he's the billionaire at the end of the day. And it's like Jay-Z does, he moves almost similar in, in, the, in the style of like politician wise, where he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Like he makes a lot of money just off savvy investments, right? Real estate, this and that. He's not out there like Oh, you know, like stars, power. He's not doing that stuff, which he, you know, he has title and all that, which is fine. But he's very behind the scenes, making a lot of money. Um, but and that's the thing too. Jay Z also, I think in his mind, and it's not a bad thing at all. If it's actually it could be considered really good, I mean, it could be a good thing. He, I think he really wanted to get a seat at the table in a lot of powerful places in terms of like, I mean, look what he was doing with like the NFL, right? Like they wanted him to do Super Bowl, and he was like, I mean, he's part of the reason why like Dre and all of them got the opportunity to do that was because Jay-Z is like, they talked to him and he's like on that board and, and like in a super huge organization like the NFL. And I think that's more of his thing where 50 is more like the straightforward entrepreneur, right? Like he's out there, brand management, great, everything, entertainment, this and that. His face is out there. He knows what he's doing. Where Jay-Z, again, kind of like a politician, he wants to, he'll get it. He has his money and his investments. We could talk about it all day, which is fine. But he all, he almost wants to get a seat at the table where he could really do some big things. And I think he's done that, but it's also super low key. Like there's not a lot, like we don't hear about him in that light as much as 50. So it all depends. Like 50 is your, 
your your man's man in terms of entrepreneur. Like he does everything, you know, super successful. Where Jay Z is a little bit more stealthier, but also a little bit more like seems like he might be trying to play a higher field. So it's really it's a really interesting conversation when you look at those two because they're they're different, but obviously they share a lot of similarities because they're both super smart, super savvy, super business, you know, forward. So it's a really interesting question. I don't know if they did this on purpose, um, but you guys kind of like they're they're kind of you, like I don't know if you when I say you you guys like uh, uh, Walida and Ronnie because this question is two coins of the same uh, two sides of the, two, of the same coin type of question because they are the same. I'm thinking about them, they are the same person. Um, it's just fifty is louder than Jay Z, um, and but Jay Z is on a different caliber because he's buying paintings, right? He put us onto that, and I don't think fifty is doing that. But fifty also did video games. So it's like, ah, I get it. I guess good question. Nah, like what Naked brought, I completely like didn't think about the sports realm that Jay Z's in. Cause yeah, you got the NFL, but he also, he's part owner of what, the Nets? He has his own. Nets, yeah. I mean, I, I assume 50 has his hands in some sporting agency, but Rockefeller has, they own like art. Uh, when I say artists, I mean athletes underneath them. You plus, know what I mean? And plus, just to piggyback off that point, I feel like the politician thing matters too. Like, Jay-Z definitely has, like, a cleaner image than 50, I'd say. Oh, like, 50, 50, like, he can get away with a lot of shit, but he still, like, maintains the uh, bully on the block persona, which I don't think helps him in these type of conversations or debates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's Debo. Oh, that's crazy. He's literally, yeah, you he's real life Debo. Jay-Z gave us a Technically gave us another billionaire too. His boy Kanye, like without that, yeah, like you're talking about people that are like Jay Z gave us a billionaire and another black billionaire. Like that's a pretty fucking huge deal. Speaking of Kanye, yeah, nah, that's a great point. I was gonna say, bro. Speaking of Kanye, have you guys been peeping his uh, Netflix documentary? Yeah, it's yeah, really cool and really depressing at the same time watching it because you're like this guy was the one like it's the Kanye we all fell in love with right it's the reason why he has such a great I mean it's the reason why we respect him even though he's doing so much not great stuff nowadays and it's just really sad to see that but like that documentary is just so crazy because you see him or like this is the dude like that's the reason why he's considered one of the greatest of all time like he's just you can see his drive his hunger I like and you could also tell in the moments of the documentary like you could see him slowly start changing to like you could see why he acts the way he does today like, all the shit he had to deal with, all the fucking non-believers, and, like, he had to fucking, you know, he's going into Rockefeller Records playing All Falls Down, and no one wants to fucking listen to it. Like, imagine that shit, bro. That, like, imagine you have a fucking classic record, and people are fucking looking the other way when you're playing it in there. So, I definitely get where, like, it makes sense why egos, Kanye's ego is the way it is today, but it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's great, and it's also, like, really makes you kind of sad a little bit where we come, but... It's no, super, it's life. super inspiring for sure, man. And like, I'd say to anybody who hasn't seen it yet, I would highly recommend it because like, I'm honestly like one of those people, I, I'll, I'll admit to this, like a few weeks ago, I'm like, dude, I'm just like, fuck Kanye. I'm over Kanye. You know what I mean? Like everything he's doing is just kind of loud and too much. And just like, I'm kind of done with it. If he releases some fire music, I'll listen and I'll give you my opinion on it. But other than that, like, I'm cool off talking about Kanye. Yeah. And then like, I saw my boy like watching the uh, Netflix documentary and you know i peeped it with him and i'm like damn bro like this is you realize like people say old kanye new kanye but like kanye's been the same motherfucker the whole time bro he's been the, the same dude the whole time it's just different circumstances throughout his life like leads him to act like different ways but he's been the same driven and hungry motherfucker like his whole life and just to see that attitude that he has now as a billionaire 
like that same attitude that was like he had that in him when he was still coming up is yeah, very yeah, very yeah. dope to see bro because like you see like there's footage of him when he was like broke and like 23 24 25 just making beats trying to prove himself and yeah. like just going to bat for himself and like his abilities and shit and to see it finally pay off and it's like yeah i would be talking my shit too if i was him and it's like you kind of relate to him on a more human level than to just kind of like seeing like all the tabloids and headlines and shit yeah no, that's a that's a good point um Nah, yo, I've, I've been watching it, yo. Like, it's it ain't it hasn't gotten me there yet, but this is gonna have me drop a few tears for sure, right? I, I feel the build up, yo, because like it's crazy, bro. I've never like I've always accepted Kanye, like I accept the good and the bad with Kanye. So even when he's like, cause all that magical stuff he does, like like if I praise him for that, I gotta also just accept him to have an, another side of him too, like and and however however uh far that other side takes life, yo, I gotta accept it because I loved him when he was just giving me the vibes but he's a human being he's a full complete person so of course he's gonna have another side of him that we don't see that might leak out sometimes in life so when like and it's like you know i didn't i he solidified with me like i will be listening to whatever he drops or whatever he puts out or whatever product he puts out at least once i'm gonna give i'm gonna give him the benefit of me experiencing with my perspective at least once because uh i'm grandfathered in I've, I've been a fan, like, I've, I've been a fan since I'm a 92 kid. Kanye's been around since before me. My brothers are older. I've heard him on the radio. Like, I'm not going to cancel this dude. I'm not going to take him off the show. So I'm not going to denounce the man whenever he's not having a good day. It's just what it is. Like, Kanye's being Kanye. Or yay, as he wants to be called today. That's what the documentary, that documentary made the me realize. I just. Made me realize the same exact thing you just said. Because I'm like, bro, we've been locked in with Kanye since, like, 05. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've, I, we've, to a certain extent, we've seen the come up, like. I'd say, like, my Kanye fandom started when he dropped Graduation. Yeah. And it's, like, from there, like, like he's had so many different phases in his career. You know what I mean? So, here's an interesting question, y'all. You think Kanye is cancel-proof? I think so. 100%. Is Dave cancel-proof? Is who? Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, is he cancel-proof? I'd say yes. Those are, yeah. two, those are two iconic figures. I feel like when you're that iconic, that you're cancel-proof. Yeah. You can't cancel somebody who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's my reason for why Dave is cancel-proof. You know what I mean? Like, you, you fuck around canceling, he's going to be like, all right, cool. And then the public's going to be like, wait, we're joking, come back. Like, you know what I mean? Same shit, you can say the same shit about Kanye, too, to a certain degree. Yeah. Because if you cancel him or not, his attitude's always going to be like, all right, fuck you, I'm doing what I, what I want to do. Yeah. And it's like, people still pay attention no matter what, and he's proven that over and over again. Canceling, like... Like the definition of really canceling someone basically like meaning i mean i think of it as like if you really want to cancel someone you're taking away the voice that they have in you know culture or in, in you know the, the public eye like no one's ever going to take away kanye's voice like it doesn't matter what he does he's still just like we said no matter what he does we will tune in every time like every time and that's because for us it's because we respect him so much because of everything he's given to us he's given to the culture of hip-hop the culture just in general um but like when, when you're that big, same thing with Dave Chappelle, like when you're that big, you, you're always going to have a voice. You're always going to have listeners. People are always going to maybe not respect, but they're always going to at least give you an ear. And like if you're really canceled, I feel like that's when no one gives you an ear anymore. Right. No one will listen to you. I feel like that's the real version of canceled. And like being completely canceled is like so, so hard. I mean, again, when you get to that level of stardom, it's just impossible. But I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever get canceled. Canceled. Like I think, I think just Kanye and Dave both are just too powerful for that shit to even touch them. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. 
But you got to ask yourself the why, though. And then, because I'm like, I'm like tearing up thinking about it right now. I'm getting goosies because I'm like, yo, like the why is right there at the tip. I'm not grabbing it, though. Like the reason why they're so uncancelable is because they didn't stay horizontal with their shit. These are vertical people. Like Dave Chappelle makes 70-year-old people laugh, and he can make a 10-year-old person laugh. And everybody in between can meet somewhere in the middle. But that's how good he is. And the same thing with Kanye. That's why he, his samples hit y'all so hard because and because 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 y'all grew up with your mom wanting to play his music because they it was it was sampling from her music or your dad's music and so now it's just a vertical of love so it's like y'all can't cancel nobody first of all is it really canceling or is this a timeout because you can't cancel nobody regardless but yeah. it's like vertically like it's like you feel me so vertically it's like are you are you cancelable are are you can somebody quiet you or do you have enough cachet with the entire spectrum of life from the top to the bottom so they don't have a, a leg to stand on to talk you over. It's just impossible. You got to have resort horizontally. You got to hold it down for your people, for your generation, and then meet meet everybody, understand the, uh, the vertical part. Like, meet everybody mentally so they can understand you and, and fuck with you. And I ain't gonna lie, that was a bar, bro. Is it cancer or are you just taking the time out? <laughs> but nah, fucking... Um... <laughs> Hey, what's your hey, what's your thoughts on, on on the whole Joe Rogan uh, situation? As far as you talking about people getting canceled, like you think he's too big of a name that he's created in himself to be able to be canceled, even for something like that? Oh, oh. He's white, he's so white, that's so a whole that's different a whole thing. Different thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was about to say, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, no, he's yeah, white. He doesn't like. There's a whole different set of rules now that when you go like that, you like flip it around way. Someone was acting that foul and doing all the shit he did. Like there would be tremendous uproar from the white community, but because Joe Rogan is a white man, and especially his demographics that he pulls with, like all those dude bros, like I don't have anything with Rogan in terms of like his content, like. Like, not, not his con not like what he is as like, a like, podcast and stuff like cool stuff, if that's your thing that's whatever, your thing, whatever. But, like the type of demographic you pull in, like, none of those dudes are going to care about that because that's just the kind of people he brings in. And it's just, yeah, when you're a white dude, as we all fucking know. When you're a white dude. And just to add to that point, just to add to that point with Nick, it's like he's a white dude and there's so many white people out here. So. You can't cancel someone that's that big. And so for me, how I, because I talked about it on, my, on, on the pod too. <laughs> I talked about it on the pod too, bro. I was like, I was like, real talk. He really clowning y'all, white people, because he's saying he's better than y'all. Because he's saying, like, he can say the one thing we're telling everybody else not to say. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Damn, that's, nah, that's, a, that's a good point. You know what? I just respect anybody who stays true to themselves no matter what people are saying, honestly. So, so. Yeah, you gotta push through adversity. Yes, you know what I mean. Even Kyrie, I think Kyrie's a diva, but I still respect him to a certain degree because he just—he doesn't give a fuck what nobody says. He just sticks to whatever it is he's doing, and I, I gotta respect that, you know. Yeah, man, I got my own thing with Kyrie, bro. I, I, I <laughs> fucking—I sided with that man for years, bro, and it's just like fuck, man. You make, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother. Uh, you're making it hard, buddy. We're gonna fucking delve off into a whole tangent when we start talking about Kyrie. <laughs> I think that was a good point to wrap it up, though. We got a tea time in 30 minutes. Nah, yeah. Hey, bro, OT, for real, man. We appreciate you uh, Appreciate you joining us. Wanted you to be the first guest we get on these remote pods. You know what I mean? First remote pod. It was only right. You know what I mean? You get a lifetime guest pass to the two-point podcast, bro. You. Whatever you want. <laughs> you love us love. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. But, yeah, man. 
You want to tell the people anything you got coming out? Any uh, when, what's the next episode dropping? What they need to know? We're gonna have uh, we'll, we'll have we'll have your socials and all that stuff tagged in already, but. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man, look out for me. I try to release an episode once a week uh, uh, at the top of the week. And other than that, man, you got a story is my pod. I mean, it's my Instagram. Um, I appreciate all of y'all. I appreciate you. I appreciate the the, the podcast two, two point. I'm sorry, I'm messing up the name rights. It's the two coins, same side. <laughs> two sides of the two sides of the same coin. Um, I appreciate the uh, appreciate Ronnie, of course, Waleed, Nick for even joining in and, and sharing game. Because uh, people don't know, I don't know if people know, but Ronnie was my was my producer, bro. Like he was my editor. Like this dude is like when I I, I check in on his podcast because I love seeing his growth because uh, he was putting new ideas with me and, and throwing me on the shit. So so uh, it's always dope to see to see the the pod grow and see you two still doing it after all this time. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know if we're rivals or a competition, or if we just if we just if we just podcast is just out in the podcast world. But uh, we podcast so much, man. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thanks, man. And hey, before we wrap it up, one thing OT always be saying on the shit, man. Shout out to TK Kirkland, bro. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, Keep I, to the motherfucking cut. Bruh, like, I, I started peeping more and more of his stuff after after I kept hearing that shit on your shit. I'm like, I know him, but I never really, like, sat and peeped it. I'm like, yeah, I see I see, I see, see why you giving him a shout-out yeah. after every pod. Needs more exposure. <laughs> nah, facts, man. Hopefully he comes to improv, man. And salute salute to the boy, Nick, man. Always a pleasure having you uh, on here, bro. Yes, sir. Man, you can catch this motherfucker playing there. You know what I mean? Coaching Foothill to a national championship coming soon. You feel me? <laughs> or, or you can catch him at your local golf course getting his ass ran by me, Paul. <laughs> <Dude, boss. Yeah. laughs> well, shit, man. Just, On behalf of the just, Two Coin Podcast, it's your boy Ronnie. And I'm Waleed. And we out this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs>